Hey, good morning, Lake Hills Church, and happy, happy Mother's Day to you. This is going to be kind of a different deal. This is the first Mother's Day in the history of Lake Hills Church where we haven't been a part of honoring and celebrating moms in the room, but we are absolutely honoring and celebrating moms with you today. Our daughter Emily just yesterday graduated college from the College of Charleston, and so we are making our way back to Texas today as you're watching this video, but it's an exciting time for us and our family. Emily, do you want to tell them what you're going to be doing after you graduate? So I Besides moving am... out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is happening. Um, I am starting graduate school at Texas State, and I'll be studying applied sociology. In my undergrad, I studied communication, which was how to talk to people and how to get a message across, but then I also fell in love with sociology, which is, you know, the why about people, the why people behave certain ways and all of those things. And I fell in love with that. And so I get to pursue that to hopefully help businesses and organizations across the country and see kind of how that works for them. I still remember when she told us she was going to major in strategic communications. I was like, Emily, you should have entered as a senior. Been working on that your whole life. I do Strategic like that strategy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, we are so thrilled that you've chosen to celebrate Mother's Day with us today. But we do realize that as much as we do love celebrating mothers, that Mother's Day is not a fun time for everyone. Um, for moms who are, uh, maybe they've lost a child or they're estranged from a child, or maybe um, you've lost your mother or you're estranged from your mother, or maybe even you're struggling with infertility and you long to be a mom. We do realize that we may not understand the depth of your pain, but we serve the God who does. And we are thrilled that you're here. We uh, pray that you um, enjoy today. And we know that God loves you and we do too. And we pray that this time is a blessing for you as well. And we know that um, today is Mother's Day and we celebrate mothers, but our message today is for everyone. And we can say that confidently because our message is based on and rooted in God's word. And we know that that word is for everyone. So I'm going to start by reading our passage that we're going to focus on today from Isaiah 40. And so I'm going to start with verse 28. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you ever heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. And here's the verse, um, verse 31, that we're going to focus on. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I know, speaking as a mom, there have definitely been seasons <laughs> in my life where I have felt weary. And even unrelated to motherhood, um, there are times when I have felt like I did not have strength or I did not have energy. And we know, and our focus today is on the one who provides that energy and that source of strength. And I think that key word in that verse, Julie, is that word trust. Those who trust in the Lord. Some translations will say those who wait on the Lord. And, and waiting is a great word, but it's ultimately about our trust in God, which is perfect on Mother's Day because as a mom and as a, as a dad as well, but as, particularly as a mom, as we honor moms on Mother's Day, 
Our job is to create and, and cultivate trust in our homes so that our kids trust us, but ultimately we want to transfer that trust. We want to transfer the trust of our children in us to them being able to learn how to trust God in everything that they do. And as we say every single Mother's Day, we especially want to take a moment and honor single moms. Single moms, you all know exactly what that verse is talking about when it talks about being weary, when it talks about needing to trust in the Lord. And as I've shared with you so many times before, I'm the product of a single mom household. So I can tell you firsthand, you can do this and it will work. And God has got your back. And I'll tell you, as someone who is married to the child of a single mom, um, I believe you mean blissfully married, blissfully okay, married to the child of a single mom. I believe our yes. marriage is stronger yeah. and better. But I believe it is because your mother chose to keep you tethered to the church. Yeah. So even though he did not grow up in a home with a strong marriage, she made sure that you guys, you and your brothers, always heard about God's design and God's desire and for we marriage. And we were around it. It wasn't only in the teaching that we got at the church. It was in the exposure in the families. And I know that Emily and Joseph you know, you all got a benefit from a lot of people you've never met before. And there were so many people that rallied around our family during those years. And so single moms, I'm just telling you, you can do it and it's worth it. Absolutely. Um, so I know that Emily um, is excited about this next step. We're excited about the next step about leaving the nest. And um, as you go, as you look toward the next phase of your life, I would love, um, me personally, but I would love for you to share if there's anything that you recall, anything that you remember um, that could, that we maybe did that helped you, feel free. I know she wants to share what did not help, but today we're gonna focus on what did help. So is there anything that sticks out to you? I think for me, my biggest thing that I learned from my parents, um, I'm a very emotional person and not necessarily, you know, highs and lows and all of that, but it's just always a lot. It's just always <laughs> a lot of feeling happening in any given situation, you know, about today being Sunday. I just have a lot of feelings about it. And so for me, um, they taught me that my actions are not to be dictated by my feelings. And so there is, you know, that definitely was taught in situations where I wasn't necessarily playing that out effectively and perfectly. But um, for me... We like I, to call those teachable moments. Yes, those teachable moments that I remember so fondly and near and dear to my heart. Um, but I think for me, um, that was empowering. And as I get on, you know, as I... Leave the nest. Leave the nest. Well, definitely leaving the nest, and we'll see how it goes. But um, as I leave the nest, looking back on what I kind of gathered from being at home, um, that empowerment that came from knowing that, you know, no matter my feelings, my feelings were never wrong. I was allowed to feel however I felt like feeling um, about any situation, any circumstance that I didn't have control over. Um, but to know that I'm not trapped by those feelings, I'm not trapped by those emotions, and so I am in control of my next course of action. I am in control of my response to those circumstances, and I think while there was responsibility attached to that, 
more than that, it was empowering. And I know I'm not trapped by all of these feelings that I have all the time. And the feelings are great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's part of, that's part of your charm, Emily, is, is that passion that you bring to everything, like what day it is. Which is hard for you to relate to. It must have been a recessive gene <laughs> exactly. from somewhere. So what's really crazy about this is Julie and I were sitting here in this room having coffee about two weeks ago. And we had heard some birds right outside the door just a few days earlier. And so we went outside and there's a nest on our porch, on one of the outdoor speakers on our porch that has been there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we've seen it over the years. It was gone for a while, then it came back. But then we heard the baby birds as they were squeaking, crying out for food one morning. So because I'm just this cool, I ordered from Amazon overnight delivery, a like a security webcam and installed it. And we have some incredible, incredible footage that we won't show you all of today, but there's some incredible footage of the adult birds, male and female, feeding these little baby birds. Both parents took care yeah. of the baby birds and we could hear them. We, this is how cool we are. We would sit out and have our coffee in the morning and we would sit out in the afternoons as soon as we heard them chirping and we could watch the mom and dad come in and as they landed to feed them, then the babies would start chirping, then they would fly away and then they would stop chirping. It was amazing. I mean, it was amazing to us. I don't know that everybody and we were doing this, not even thinking about Mother's Day or flying the, you know, the empty nest or any of those kind of things. But when we started looking at the video, every time we would hear the birds chirp, Julie would go, get your phone, get your phone. We got to listen. We got to watch. And so we would pull out and it was absolutely unbelievable to watch these birds. And then one morning we were sitting on this sofa and I saw something fly to the window right behind Julie's head. And I thought, man, that's a big moth. And all of a sudden I looked behind her head and the little baby birds had flown out of the nest. And so we went outside and we actually have footage of the baby birds outside the nest before they flew off. I'm not gonna lie. I was not excited for them to leave the nest. Right. It was a little traumatic for me because we had been oh, listening. The <laughs> we had been listening to these baby birds. And then after, you know, this rock star put the video camera Thank up. Thank you, um, Put the video camera up and we watched them eat. And I mean, I felt like they were part of the family. Okay, wait, I have to, I have to share this because we got to show the video. I, I, we have to. No, not only do we watch them eat. I don't think you have to. Huh? I don't think we do. Not only did we watch. This, you're about to learn something about animal life. Lucky Not you. Not only did we watch them eat, we have a very special little clip that I want to show you really quickly that probably you've never seen before except on Richard Wildlife TV. Watch this real quick. Now you're probably wondering as you watch, what in the world? Well, we Googled this and apparently little baby birds deposit a fecal sack. They turn around and poop the fecal sac out. And so the parents carry the fecal sac away from the nest so that there's no poop in the nest. Now that's a whole sermon series in and of itself, but it was absolutely unbelievable. Okay, and you know what? That makes a great point. There is something that is great for the mom and dad. Once they leave the nest, no more 
fecal sac. Yeah, that's right. No more. And so <laughs> there is some positive. But literally, one of the video clips that we saw, the mom and dad, they had they didn't know yet that the babies were out because they were they out came hunting and out. gathering. So they came in to feed the babies, and I'm there sad. was no one there. And so then, though, they listened for the chirp. So of course, I was devastated, and I was talking to the bird as if. I spoke bird language and I was telling her they've flown, they're learning to fly. And so she went and found them. She did. She did. On it was, your cue, babe. Uh, Way to go. It was, I think I saved their lives. <laughs> it was amazing. We literally watched the birds leave the nest. It was amazing. You know, Emily, you called me the other day from Charleston and it was one of those conversations that I didn't even know was coming, but you said something really interesting about how, what you learned by the way mom and I disciplined as you were growing up. Definitely disciplined, that was real. Um, but I think for me, it was what was so valuable about the discipline and I think what made the discipline, what made me want to listen and even if I didn't understand or tolerate. all the time. Tolerate, yeah, sure, <laughs> okay, that's probably more accurate. Um, but I, you guys made me know that any form of discipline, any form of correction was for my best interest. It was not for y'all, right. you know, for any benefit for you. It was the responsibility that y'all saw in equipping me to go right, off right, and right. leave the nest. Well, but that's interesting though. I want to know what made yeah. you feel that way? Because it's not like I told you as a four-year-old or as an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old, um, you know, and you were like, oh, now oh, I get thank it. You. Thank you I don't remember ever having that no, conversation. I remember that ever happening. But was there something um, that we, uh, that we did? I I'm so curious about that because when I'm helping young moms, I always try to remember back because I have no memory. So <laughs> I think um, it's one of those things that I've kind of been looking back at more recently. It wasn't necessarily that I was articulating it that way in the moment. For sure. Yep, right. I had my fair share of emotional meltdowns as we talk about the value of emotions. Um, but it was in little things, I think, that added up. Um, I think you, well, first, you did explicitly state to a certain degree, you explicitly stated, hey, this is how life works best for you. Right. Just FYI. But you know what, Emily? I think we knew with you in particular early on we were going to have to prove to her her best interests. Like we were going to have to say, hey, if we, because if we ever said, hey, do this because of how it reflects on us or because dad's the pastor, we knew that was a recipe for disaster in our home. So we were always like, let's show you why. And we didn't always do that because, you know, when you were talking about being emotional, I was thinking, mm, yeah, because there were so many times I know that I responded emotionally I think particularly when you were younger and your mom, I, I learned so much from watching you. When you would parent Emily, you did a great job, I think. Sometimes. I think more often than not, you did uh, a great sometimes. job of talking to her, whereas I was kind of, my competitive nature and testosterone or whatever would be like, I am not losing to something that small. And so I would escalate, but I realized with you in particular, to, to hold the line but not get emotional, became exponentially more effective in getting the point across because ultimately 
you know, where we are right now, this is the goal is you're ready. And so take care, right? If you get work, but I'm saying we knew (laughs) early on, we had to ingrain that in you and show you this is in your best interest. Well, that was the worst when you realized (laughs) not responding for you to not respond emotionally charged when you figured out that was a good idea. I, if I messed up, I could only be mad at myself. It was terrible. Boom. I know it's, you know, it's honestly really hard for me to admit that. But what was also valuable, I think, um, a great example is when I was not always self-motivated in schoolwork. I did enough. I did enough to be for okay. What? Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met um, you? Well, now I'm going to grad school. That's Somehow true. I just like, you figured it there's out. a very clear line of when I started to care. But in high school, you told me, you said, hey, and you never like being told what to do, which I nodded very heavily. Never it's kind of like self-evident. Being, clearly, yes. Um, and he and you said, you know, you're gonna want to keep your options open, which is a classic line that has never <laughs> left our household. Um, but keeping those options open, you know, you're not gonna want to. You're not going to want the decisions you make now to limit your choices for the future. And it hit me, it still took me a long time to actually make my actions reflect that I got it. But um, I think that was a great example of how you did show me through relationship and conversation um, that you did have my best interest when you corrected, when either one of you did. I I think you mentioned two things there, each of you. You said, it was our goal. We see it as our responsibility and God sees it as our responsibility to, as parents, to be the authority. There are multiple scriptures that where God is clear about you are to be the authority. This is your responsibility. Parents, teach your children this, whether it's in Deuteronomy or in the New Testament. He's very clear that he gives us that authority to teach you. And then um, also what you were saying, you know, it's, It's also our responsibility to teach you vision. And so where there is no vision, the people perish. And so we have a vision for our marriage, for ourselves, for our family, but it was our responsibility to teach you to look past today. And so when you said, this will keep your options open, you were teaching her to look past today and giving her vision and teaching her that her actions today affect her choices for tomorrow and her options for tomorrow. And so I think there was a lot going on there that's fascinating, although encompassed in that responsibility that we feel um, to prepare you to leave the nest. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you said that on the phone the other day, it was a a great, I'll be honest with you, it was a great moment as a parent but it was also something I wish I had known before you ever showed up. You know what I'm saying? I wish we had started with that sure. information in hand because I think it would have gone so much farther. I, I would have been that much further ahead of the game and I would have avoided a lot of that emotional response to your emotional response and all those things that kind of you know fed the fire early on. But one of the things that we learned along the way was that you have to have rules and relationship. And that's where the magic of trust is built because if you have rules and relationship, then you build respect and responsibility. But rules without relationship lead to resentment and rebellion. And that's where you get off course, particularly in the family. 
So I think you helped me to learn that. And so I'm grateful and will forever be grateful to you. But I think that, I think that relationship and the rules never wavered. I mean, we were, some might say strict. Some might, <laughs> you know, my favorite, it's the most traumatizing and probably the most valuable at the I'm same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's fine, it's good. Um, was when mom would love to say, there is not a sentence that I can say that will make you understand my decision. I'm like, well, give me a chance, come on. Because <laughs> you, you certainly were willing to try. Because you wanted to discuss everything. And, and I knew in your head you were thinking, my next sentence is going to change your mind. And so I would say, I want to hear you, but I need to tell you, there is no sentence that will come out of your mouth that is going to change my mind. And there is no sentence that will come out of my mouth that will make you understand. So discussion over. Yeah. That was like really horrible flashbacks from that happening right now. Yeah. But at the same time, okay. And I know that I wasn't always real right now when I'm saying those sentences, Smiling. I'm smiling. Oh, I probably cool wasn't at the time. <laughs> but if you think about it, see, when we say the responsibility that God gives us to be the authority in your life, and you mentioned earlier, Earlier, that our responsibility is actually to transfer that responsibility. If we teach you, you're not going to understand everything. Mm -hmm. We're not going to always agree, but we want to tell you that obedience is in your best interest. Then you are more likely to make that transfer and to understand that you now are to submit to God's authority and you are to obey him no matter what, even when you don't understand. And it is for your best interest. So God's genius plan yeah. to allow us to give us the responsibility to teach authority is really because our goal is to help you understand his ultimate authority. And I think too, God's genius plan uses highly imperfect parents. You know, we, we blew it, blow it on, you know, hopefully not on a regular basis, but we definitely messed up. But I think one I'm of the pretty sure I blew it on a regular basis. I'm pretty sure no, that I, um, you, I did. You, I don't feel emotionally scarred. Like you know why? <laughs> oh, good. Okay, this well, is so crazy. That's a good crazy. goal for parents out there. Your parent, your children should not feel emotionally scarred. But Way I literally go. would pray uh, sometimes. And moms, this is just a little, uh, little insider info. And I would pray, God, you parted the Red Sea. Please remove that from her memory. <laughs> and, and look, it, I guess it, it worked. It worked. There you go. There you go. But I do think, I think we were very, very deliberate, very, very conscious in the choices we made as parents. And I think as husband and wife, we worked really hard to stay on the same page and to always present a unified front. Yes. And, and if we didn't, then we called a timeout, maybe adjourn to our room and go, hey, let's make sure we're on the same page or whatever. Because that was always, especially with with princess's personality over here she would have she would have been able and she would have loved to have been able to wedge sure whenever but I mean, possible but I she didn't yeah. yeah but every child is going to do what's necessary we're all humans we're all born with a predisposition towards self-preservation and self-promotion so that that just means your kid just don't don't underestimate how smart your children are but it's our responsibility to stay on the same page again we underestimate what that means to a child. And so you may be listening, you may be thinking, well, um, you know, my children are grown. I have a newborn. Never underestimate that how building the strength of your marriage impacts your children, no matter the age. And so when it talks to that, when we talk about that transfer of responsibility, that transfer of trust, 
Um, a big part of that is that she knew that we were on the same page and that we enjoyed each other. That gives children a firm foundation. Well, we said, you know, you want to cultivate that trust. Mm -hmm. you, you cultivate trust in an environment mm -hmm. of trust. And so this is the beginning of that environment. Right. And then it's hopefully and prayerfully transferred over to the kids. But I think it, it's that it's that trust that as parents, if we can, if, if we develop the trust, then everything else is better, stronger, more fun. Sure. Um, and you're more resilient as a family. Cause Absolutely. we're all, we all have those moments. I mean, we definitely had moments growing up. Um, we were growing up as parents, you were growing up as a child. You're no, obviously no longer a child, but, but you have those moments. And when you have trust around the mistakes, you, you develop a generosity. It's a generosity of spirit where you go, okay, Mac is having a bad day. That's not who he is all the time. He's having a bad day. I'll forgive sure. him and we'll and move on. There, there are a couple of things there. We talk about building trust in the home and a big part of the building trust, because we talk about our responsibility as parents is to transfer authority because God gives us the authority to then teach you that he is the ultimate authority. And then it's the same thing with trust yeah. because our verse, if you think about it, those who trust in the Lord will find their strength. Um, ultimately, we want you to trust in God. Because he has the authority. He, he has, has the he authority. dependable and reliable. And so how do we teach trust? How do we build that trust? It's amazing, actually, his genius design. Yeah. But um, how did we build that trust? Well, uh, there are a couple of things that we did. And number one, I would tell you, is time together and play together, downtime. I'm not talking about half the family at this ball game, the other family at this practice. I'm talking about downtime time. And that is something that you have to choose to guard. You have to choose to make part of your family. Um, when children are toddlers and preschoolers, it's much easier because you find yourself at home in the evenings or on the weekends. But as your children get older, you have to choose to say, this is important to us. But I think that time together then being intentional and hanging out together and playing games together. We used to call it us four and no more. Us four yes. and no more time. And that's something that, like you said, it does get harder as you get older, but that never stopped happening. It was something that even when, you know, you're that awkward, hypothetically speaking, like an awkward 14 year old for your parents to say, Hey, it's family night on a Friday night. Um, you know, they aren't doing anything on their Friday night to spend time with us. That says, I like you. I want to spend time with you, which was huge in that building trust. That was something trust. you were really good. He, he right. used those words a lot. I Specifically, like you. He said, hey, I have to love you, but I like you too. But and that was huge in building so trust. So valuable. And then, you know, those family nights would consist of playing basketball where mom had no rules. She could foul. She could double <laughs> dribble. She could do whatever Again, she wanted. It was just an opportunity to teach authority. That's exactly. Right. That's exactly <laughs> what you were doing. Exactly. Yes. And then, but I think... The basketball, as a specific example, dad never let us win. I was six years old. My brother was four, Joe, four years old, and dad would still beat us in basketball from our whole lives. I, Joe did. He may have I beaten you. I couldn't live a lie. Right, right. And so, but I think that trust that came from knowing, okay, he's not even going to let me win at basketball, so he's, you know, honestly playing basketball, I think 
made it a sure. lot easier. Yeah. I know. I never thought about that. But you know, I remember, said, I remember when serious. you said, I remember you saying they need yeah. to play games. Yeah. They need. And when you were, you were a little bit ahead of Joseph, just chronologically, she said, she, Julie said, Emily really needs to learn how to play by rules that she doesn't always understand and to lose. And we did that by playing games together. Yeah. There's that was, that great value. Don't even really. get me started. I can go off on the value of games, but I mean the life skills that we learned. It's not like I was a huge. Turns. It's not like I was a huge shoots and ladders fan. Right. Like oh. I wasn't like I walked in the door and went, "Can we play Candyland, please, please?" But you but saw the value. I saw the value in it, in it. Yeah. and and I and I faked it. I absolutely, yeah, yeah, I would, I'd be like, like woo, I'm going down, slap, you know, gumdrop <laughs> mountain or whatever. But that, <laughs> play is so valuable. And whether it is shoots and ladders or video games, I mean, whatever your kids' interests are, you get into their interests. Again, it's not just a pastime. You're not wasting time, you're investing time. You're building that trust with the goal of your child then trusting in God, yeah. their ultimate authority. Another part was, you mentioned earlier about how we made mistakes regularly. God's design and his desire is not for parents to figure out on their own. If you read scripture, you understand, yes, the family is very important and it is our responsibility, but he says also he has created the local church, the local church to partner with parents. And so, you know, we did not know everything. We could not do everything. We failed on a regular basis. There were so many things that we did not, you know, teach you but you learned them in the local church. And, and we because, learned in the local yeah, church too. We were learning at the same time. From other time, parents that were further along no than doubt. we were. Not just about parenting. We were learning right. you know, how to live while you were learning how to live in the kids' ministry. And so I, I think it's twofold. I think it's time together, and I think it's the local church. And I, I think, too, you know, on this Mother's Day, as Emily's just graduated college, I think it's really important for us um, to say thank you to Lake Hills Church because you all – provided a phenomenal environment for our kids to grow up in. And um, we, as a family, owe y'all a debt that we'll never be able to repay you um, because you know you, the, the stories are legion of PKs and pastor's kids who go astray because of expectations that churches place on them and that sort of thing. And you all never did that uh, for our kids or to our kids. You all provided a safe haven and a place that they wanted to be and they want to be a part of. Uh, even when they were in college, they wanted to come back home and be a part of it. And so we are very, very grateful to you, Lake Hills Church, for being that kind of church. Definitely. And, and as we wrap up, I just want to go back um, to the scripture that we were focusing on. Um, and for Isaiah 40, 31, because I think ultimately this is, um, this is where it's at. This is the bottom line. Uh, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. And that's what we want. Strong, independent, competent children. Um, and for you, if you are listening, you don't have children. You too will find strength when trusting in the Lord. You will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Yeah. And that's where our, uh, that's what we rest in as parents is confidence that we rest in knowing that God has our back. He fills in the gaps when yeah. we fall short. Um, and then knowing that as much as we love Emily, he loves her more and that he, you know, has her in the palm of his hand. Yeah. It's a pretty cool thing that we get to be a part of. And so on this Mother's Day weekend, on behalf of our family, thank you. And uh, I'd like to just have a word of prayer with you as we conclude this message.
Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today so grateful that you are a big, big God. And uh, we thank you for the gift of technology that allows us to, to have this time together, even though we may not be in Austin this morning. But God, I thank you most of all for Jesus. I thank you for the power, for the grace and the love that he perfectly embodies and shares and expresses with us. God, I thank you for the gift of your church and what you have given to our home and our family, what you've given to Emily and the role that that has played in rearing her and raising her up to, to leave the nest and to be who you've created her to be. And Father, right now, today on this Mother's Day, we honor and, and thank you for the moms in the room. I thank you for Julie and, and the incredible, incredible giftings and, and wisdom that she has. And just pray, God, that you will bless each and every mom who, who sees this message with your grace, your wisdom, and your courage, God, that they will trust in you and find new strength. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name.